You know, it's amazing how fast the circumstances of our lives can start to come apart of the seams and fall apart. I mean, think about it. It it was just a hundred days ago that the world first heard the word COVID-19. In fact, it was only 30 days ago today that our president issued a national disaster alert. I mean, three months ago, we could have never seen this coming. We were, our economy was humming. Uh, Unemployment was at the lowest level in the history of our nation. Uh, All we were talking about is uh, presidential primaries and March madness and where Tom Brady was gonna end up playing football. And then all of a sudden, everything changed. Everything in our world and everything in our lives changed. And so because of that, all of us at some level are dealing with fear, anxiety, and stress. And I think for most of us, it is the uncertainty of these times that creates those feelings within us because we don't know what's going to happen. We don't know how long this is going to last. We're unsure of what the future is going to be. I can imagine that that's a little bit what the disciples felt like that very first Easter. I mean, for three and a half years, their world had revolved around Jesus. They had given up everything to follow him. They had left families and homes. They had left businesses and careers, and they bet it all on Jesus. He was their friend. He was their leader. He was their rabbi. And things were going really well. In fact, just when they started to gain some momentum as as a movement, they were starting to get large groups of people following. In fact, that previous Sunday, they had entered Jerusalem with the whole city virtually crowning Jesus as king. And then they had spent that special night together in the upper room, enjoying that Passover meal together. Everything felt just right. And then they took a little stroll out into the garden and they took a little nap. And and when they woke up, Jesus was being violently ripped away from them, arrested. In a matter of hours, he would be beaten, tried, crucified, dead, and buried. No wonder they were huddling behind locked doors that first Easter, scared of their own shadows. But then remarkably, if you fast forward just a couple of weeks, you find they're no longer hiding behind locked doors. They're out in the streets, boldly proclaiming the name of Jesus, defiantly standing before the government and the religious leaders, preaching Christ and him crucified. It's the greatest comeback in history. What changed? What happened? They had encountered the resurrected Jesus and it was a game changer in their lives. See, that's the power of the resurrection and it can do the same for your life as well. 
The resurrection has the power to breathe new life into your life. Just before Jesus was arrested, he made an interesting statement to his disciples. It's recorded in John chapter 14. Jesus says to them, in a little while, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. And because I live, you will live too. I can imagine the disciples' response to that. What is he talking about? We're about to live too. I thought we already were living. I thought our lives were going really, really well. What's he talking about? With these, this statement, Jesus is not only predicting his death and resurrection, but he's promising a new and better life, a life that transcends our circumstances. You see, I think that's one of the biggest misconceptions about Christianity, that we think of the cross and Jesus' death on the cross being a way so that bad people could behave a little bit better, so that uh, messed up people can be just a little less messed up, that because of the cross, we can turn over a new leaf and us sinful people can be a little less sinful, but that's not what the cross is about. Jesus didn't die so that bad people could behave a little better. Jesus died so that dead people could come alive. Not only people who were physically dead coming alive to eternity, but those of us who are spiritually dead could come alive spiritually, could experience the better life that Jesus offers through his death and resurrection. And so today, I want to talk about that. I want to spend a few moments looking at some ways that Jesus' resurrection can resurrect your life. Three ways. One, because of Easter, I can be free from my past. Easter means I can be free from my past. You know, for some of us, the the biggest issue is not the changes going on right now all around us. For some of us, the biggest issue are the things that haven't changed within us. Those same old issues, those same old hurts and habits and hang-ups that have always been a part of our lives are are still there. They're, They're still tripping us up in our relationships and in our life moving forward. And in fact, this pandemic hasn't taken those away. It's bubbled them to the surface for many of us. You know, that's the thing about stress. Stressful situations don't create character in us. They reveal what's truly already in us. We're, we're like toothpaste, and if you squeeze us, you see what's really inside of us. And many of us don't like what we see in our lives. We, we don't like what's in our past. We don't like the same old, same old that won't change. And if that's you today, if you're, you're struggling with something from your past, 
something that somebody said or did to you, or you're struggling with your own failures, your own mistakes. I've got great news for you this Easter, and it's this. While you can't change your past, Easter means you don't have to keep allowing your past to dictate your present or determine your future. That's what Easter means. In fact, look what the Bible says, Colossians chapter two. It says, then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us. And he took it away by nailing it to the cross. He was hung up for our hangups. Jesus was crucified so you can stop crucifying yourself over your past. You can be free. Your past is paid for. You know, you've heard me talk before about Jesus' last words on the cross. Jesus utters that phrase, it is finished. And to us, that sounds like defeat. It sounds like the end. It sounds like surrender. But that's not at all what Jesus was talking about. Because that three-word English phrase, it is finished. In Greek, the, the language of the New Testament, it is a single word, the word tetelestai. It's an accounting term that literally means paid in full. It would be written across an invoice or a, a bill when the debt had been paid, paid in full. That's what Jesus' death on the cross did for your past, for your sins, for your flaws, for your failures. The debt was paid. Let me ask you a question. How long do you worry about a bill after you've already paid it? And yet so many of us are worrying daily about the junk in our trunk when the price has already been paid. You know, most of us try to deal with our past in, in one of three ways. We either tried to hide it, minimize it, or make up for us. Some of us try to deal with our past by hiding it stuffing it down, hoping no one finds out, painting a pretty coat of paint on it, smile and wave and let nobody see what's really going on and then maybe I'll forget about it. Some of us try to deal with our past by minimizing it. We say, you know, I'm not perfect, but, but I'm better than that person. Uh, what I did was bad, but it wasn't that bad. Some of us try to deal with our past by making up for it with our present and our future. We're like prisoners trying to, to get time off for good behavior. We see in our mind's eye a balance, a scale, and we know all the bad deeds on one side, and we try to do all kinds of good things to make sure that by the end of our life, maybe, hopefully, there'd be one more good deed than bad deed. The problem with those things is your past is still there. The only way to really get past your past is to give it to the one who's already paid for it. How do you do that? Look at what the Bible says. 1 John 1, 9. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. 
That word confess literally means to be honest. To be honest with ourself. To be honest with God. To be honest with at least one other trusted person in our life about the stuff in our past. Why? Why do we need to be honest? Because the more open and honest we are about our faults and falls and failures and sins, the less power they have over our lives. Sort of like the monster under the bed when you were a little kid. The more you tried to ignore it and pretend it wasn't there, the bigger it got. It's only when you got off the bed and shined the light underneath and pulled it out into the light, you realize it was just a harmless stuffed animal. See, it's not just our sins that are making us sick, it's our secrets that we won't bring them out into the light. Hand them over to Jesus, surrender them, and receive the forgiveness that he offers. The freest man of all is the man who has nothing to hide because he's been open and transparent and confessed and given to Jesus all the brokenness in his life. That's what Easter means. My past is forgiven. And because of that, I can be free to truly come alive. But that's not all. The second thing that Easter means is that I have God's power to keep me going. Because of Easter, I have God's power to keep me going. Listen, I recognize this COVID-19 disease is taking a huge physical toll on a lot of people. There are a lot of people who are sick and hospitalized. There are a lot of families grieving those who have died. And, And I don't want to minimize that at all. But I also want to recognize that for the vast majority of us, the greatest toll this disease is taking is an emotional toll. What it's doing to our emotions. See, our biggest struggle, I bet, is just the unknown, the uncertainty of how long this is gonna last and what is our world gonna be like? What is our lives gonna be like on the other side of this pandemic? Here's the thing, I don't know the answers to those questions, but I do know this. God's power is available to you and it is more than enough to get you through what you're going through today. That's what Easter means. You can have God's power to get through what you're going through. Notice what the Bible says, Colossians 1.11. It says, God will strengthen you with his own great power so that you will not give up when trouble comes. Ready or not, the, the trouble has come into our lives. And so the question is, are you trying to get through these troubles with your own strength or are you depending on God's power? You know, these last two years, there's one thing I've learned, it's this, that it doesn't matter who you are, what you have, what you've built up around you, eventually life gets bigger than all of us. 
eventually the circumstances of our lives will be more than we can handle on our own. But Easter means it's okay when things aren't okay because it's gonna be okay because God gives us the power. We don't have to deal with this with our own abilities, our, our own strengths, our own power. You know, people say, God will never put more on you than you can bear. That's a crock, that's a lie. Life will always ultimately be more than you can bear. God's promise is not to put more on you than you can handle. God's promise is that you will never have more on you than what he is willing to put in you to go through whatever you're going through. The early Christians understood this. They faced a daily pandemic of persecution. And that's why Paul wrote these words to them in 2 Corinthians 4. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. Why? Because though outwardly we are wasting away, and yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Easter means God's power is available for you every day for that day. That's why the Bible says that God's mercies are new every morning. Every sunrise is a reminder of us, to us, of the resurrection and God's power available to us for that day. And the Bible says that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available for our lives today. But here's the thing, it's not automatic. You don't have access to that power just because you tuned in to a Easter worship service or just because your name is on the roll of a church somewhere. Access to that power is a daily choice to trust in him. To start every day choosing to trust him more than you trust yourself. Choosing to lean into his strength, his control, rather than trying to control and manipulate the circumstances of your life. Because of Easter, we can be free from our past, we can have God's power to keep going, and then finally, number three, and maybe most importantly, Easter means I have hope for the future. Because of Easter, I have hope for the future. As I said earlier, the biggest struggle for most of us with this pandemic is just the uncertainty of it all. This pandemic has woken us up to the reality that there's so little in life we truly control. That's shaken us to our core. It's rocked our foundation. See, one of our biggest needs in life is security. We all need a sense of security to be able to function. We need to be able to know that it's gonna be okay, that things are ultimately going to work out. See, security comes from hope, and hope comes from knowing the ultimate outcome of our lives, and Easter answers what the ultimate outcome of our lives can be. That's why 
The Bible says in 1 Peter 1, 3, in God's great mercy, he has caused us to be born again into a living hope. Why? Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead. That's our hope. Our hope is not in the latest scientific breakthrough. Our hope is not based on vaccines and cures and treatments. Our hope is based on a bloody cross and an empty tomb. And nothing, nothing can take that away from us. So how do I find that hope? How do do I experience that freedom from my past? How do I plug in to God's power to get through what I'm going through? There's only one way, the Bible says. John 17, three, it says, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. See that word know there, it doesn't mean to just have knowledge about. It doesn't mean to be aware of. It doesn't even mean to have a certain set of beliefs in. That word means intimacy with. When the word know is used in the Bible, it is most often used to describe the intimate physical relationship between a husband and a wife. It's that kind of knowing. I'm not talking about a religion. God could care less about our religion. I'm not talking about some ritual you've been through as a child. I'm not even talking about a certain set of beliefs you ascribe to. I'm talking about a personal relationship with this same Jesus who died on a cross and rose from the dead. It is in that relationship daily walking with him, daily following him, daily surrendering to him, daily crying out to him for your needs. It is in that journey with him that we find that we truly start to come alive. You know, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, I can think of no better day than today. Easter Sunday. You know, today is an Easter that none of us will ever forget. But my hope, my prayer is that you will remember this day not because it was a global pandemic, but you will remember this day because it is the day you finally surrendered to the one who loves you more than you can imagine. You finally got sick and tired of being sick and tired and you cried out and you stepped across that line of faith and you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life and to bring you back alive. I wanna give you that opportunity right now, wherever you are, wherever you're watching today, would you just bow your head, close your eyes for just a moment. And if that's you today, If you're ready to start a relationship with Jesus, would you just say something like this? Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. I admit that life is bigger than me and my past is more than I can deal with on my own. 
And so today I surrender it to you. I confess, I am honest about my sins with you and I receive your forgiveness because you were my substitute on that cross. And Father, I don't understand all this, but today I want to step across the line. Today I want to begin a new life. Today I want to really come alive spiritually and begin to experience the purpose you created me for. Father, I don't understand all this, but by faith, I receive you as my Savior, my Rescuer, and my Lord. Maybe you're watching today and and you're a believer. You've stepped across that line, but you are recognizing during this pandemic some places and some ways that you're still not fully alive in your faith. You're not fully experiencing the abundant life. You're not living in the peace of trusting God more than what you can control. And so this Easter, this pandemic Easter, is God's invitation to you to recognize your need for Him, to recommit your life to trusting in Him. Father, I thank you for the joy we feel today. I thank you for the joy and the hope and the freedom and the power we have because of your resurrection. And I pray that as we continue, not only through the rest of this day, this week, this month, this year, that even far beyond this current crisis situation, that we will continue to live out our faith and shine the light of hope that you have given us and that every day and every sunrise would be a resurrection day for us. We love you, Jesus, and we thank you. In your name we pray, amen.